0: Hello, I'm Arfa. I'm in the UK.
1: And I'm Muhammad, and I'm in the US.
0: And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. Hello, and welcome to Slow Pit Stop, the international Formula One podcast by fans for fans all around the world. My name is Arfa, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Muhammad. Say hi, Muhammad.
1: Arfa, I have to stop you right there. Sergio Perez is coming in. To the pits for his sixth pit stop of the race. This time he's going on to softs.
0: Let's hear from Sergio. Sergio, how are you doing?
2: Uh, just you know, I still have hopes of fighting for the title. I knew my mistake in qualifying was extremely costly. just 25 points lost, but I'm very disappointed. Still, I have some hope. I know I can't afford another zero in the championship. I'm really sorry to the team. It's completely my fault, but I really hope I can get back to a normal level in Barcelona.
0: Sergio, yesterday in qualifying, you had a crash and ended up in last place. Some people are saying this was deliberate and it was a mind game against Max. What do you have to say to that?
2: Uh, yes. Uh, you know, everybody told me, Helmut Marco told me behind the lines that uh, if you crash and people see under your skirt and see the floor of the car, uh, we will kill you. So I just wanted to test the <laughs> limits. I said to him, you cannot survive without my petroleum money, without my Claro, uh, sponsorship. So let's see who's bluffing whom.
0: Excellent. Well, Sergio, <laughs> uh, that's your pit stop done. We'll let you out. Um, I- I'm sure at some point you will finish this race, and while you're heading out, we're gonna welcome our guest for this week. It's Adam from Canada. Hi, Adam.
2: Oh, oh, guys, did you did you guys just nail Sergio Perez as a guest, and he shoulder checked me on the way out the door?
0: I know, right? How good is this? We're, we're coming. I up think in my shoulder is dislocated, but it's such an honor.
2: <laughs> we
1: we are all so blessed to have Sergio on our uh, podcast. And with that said, Arfat, if you could join me and wishing somebody a very special happy birthday. Happy birthday
0: to you. Happy birthday, birthday to, to you. Happy, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to fake Sergio. I mean Adam.
1: Sergio.
0: Happy birthday to
1: you.
2: <laughs> oh, the enthusiasm. Thank you enthusiasm. so much, Dr. Mohammed. <laughs>
1: Adam is turning 50 today, so we're all very happy to have him on What does it feel like it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's much younger than that. He's like a young Charles Leclerc. Um...
0: Speaking of about to feel 50, Mohammed, you're starting on your professional career. Tell us about your weekend slash week that you've just had.
1: I know. It's funny because I didn't tell anyone outside of like my family what I was doing. So I kept getting all these messages that were like, Hey, are you watching the Indy 500? Um, Like Adam messaged me, a couple other people messaged me. And I was not watching the Indy 500. I was graduating medical school and becoming a doctor for the first time. Although once people asked me, and I guess it was like a really good race. There was like four restarts. So I did turn it on. Um, But I had to have one headphone in one ear and the other ear had to be empty because I was actually listening for my name. What do you mean becoming a doctor
0: for the first time? Like, do you plan on Some doing it a second, doctors. third, fourth time?
1: I I don't know what other people do with their lives, but this was my first time. It's like, you know, so. when people
0: introduce their wife as a, huh, this is my first wife. Ah. <laughs> it's like, and it was the first time I became a doctor.
1: <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's my first time ever becoming a doctor. It's a very cool experience. Um, I, I've gotten targeted ads immediately now. Uh, for doctors it used to be like get into medical school now it's like so you're a doctor here's how you can make a hundred dollars an hour doing one hour of work a day or something i don't know so oh
2: man it's all I get, very upright i get like a dozen <clears throat> like linkedin contacts a month for people <laughs> offering to manage my wealth it's unbearable well I, I, I work I, I, in the NHS. i used to respond my and say words. hey um yeah, exactly. I used to respond sometimes and say, if you want to manage my crippling debt, you're more than welcome to, and that always stops them.
0: Yeah. My all my adverts are, hey, do you want to move to Canada? Do you want to move to Australia? Do you want to move to New Zealand? Do you want wealth?
1: <laughs> um, speaking of wealth, Arfa, I heard that you competed in the British Grand Prix this weekend. Is that true?
0: <laughs> well, not quite. So I had an amazing weekend. I um, well, you know, speaking of Facebook adverts and things, a long time ago this was before Mm -hmm. you even came here last year, I saw an advert for, Mm -hmm. do you want to drive a Jordan Formula One car? And I remember asking you, um, but the logistics didn't work out at the time, but I booked it for myself anyway. And I've been looking- I
1: just want to mention, the the main limitation is that I don't know how to drive an F1. Yeah. That's why- (laughs) You don't have to
0: drive full stop. But, um, (laughs) so I went to this place called Drift Limits. I went with my mum, dad, my two friends that you'll know um my wow. neighbors that i grew up with hamid and asher and my sister and 5 p.m the day before and you know i didn't announce this on the podcast i didn't make a big deal of it elsewhere because i was so worried that it wouldn't work out for some reason like it wasn't real like yeah. too yeah. good to be true um yeah. 5 p.m or like four fifty-eight, the evening before i see a message that the car is unavailable and can't be driven Oh, no. And I was like, I was oh. devastated. I was so upset.
1: Would they only have one car? They only
0: have one from One car. It's <laughs> not like these things are just lying around everywhere. <laughs> sure. So we get in touch the next morning. And they're like, you know, you can book it again um, at some point in the next however many days. But it's like, I've taken leave from the hospital. My two friends have taken leave from the work. My dad's oh. taken leave. My sister's... It's, like, too difficult to coordinate all those people in the same day. We're like, well, we're here now. Yeah, We've traveled sure. hundreds and hundreds of miles. So then they decided to put something together, like, for, for us for the day. Um, yeah. And I've sent you a couple of videos. So we got to drive these F1000 cars, which was Ooh, really, really you. fun. Um, And then after that, we went into the... Oh, I'll, t- I'll tell you about the F1000 car. So there's a little circuit, get to drive around it. Um, as you know, my dad's not the tallest person. So he was struggling to reach the pedals and the pedals mm-hmm. are so close together. I actually just took my shoes off and I was driving in my socks because it was easier. Wow. And then That's- for my dad, you know, they were trying with all these cushions. They're trying from one car to the other. And then in the end, he was like in this car with four cushions behind him. He had a shoe on his left foot so that he could push the clutch all the way down but his right foot was just in a sock so that he could get the accelerator and the brake.
1: Oh my God,
0: this is crazy. Anywhere else would have just been like, this isn't going to work. But, you know, the crew there were just so amazing. They were just so patient and they just, the whole time they wanted to make sure we were having a good time and they tried and tried and tried and they got my dad out there. And, you know, I I wish I remembered all their names, but the, the, the pit stop manager, his name was Brad and you know i th- i think all of them went above and beyond the whole day for us to make up for the fact that we couldn't drive the f1 car um yeah they gave us lots of little random freebies and things and yeah. you know we went into then after we did the f1 thousand we had some drifting lessons and normally i think mm-hmm. they take one or two people out at a time but they took all five of us out because we were already delayed for time um mm-hmm. and it was like i was in an action sequence from film because they were all Mazda MX fives and there was five of them. We were all sat in the passenger seat and the instructors were all sat and they did like this entire coordinated stunt sequence with us sat in the cars. Wow. And then wow. they that's did really four cool. laps like that to show us how to do it. And then they went, Okay, now you get out your turn. So I've sent you a little clip.
1: Wow, that's so obviously cool. we were wait, wait, I gotta ask you though. Were you, like, flying around the car, though? Because I heard that when if you're not the one driving when you do, like, action stunts like that, you're just, like, a little, like, ragdoll. I think in the MX-5,
0: it it just felt loads of fun. Like, it it didn't feel scary or anything. And although we were sideways and doing 360s, it didn't feel like we were out of control because the instructors were so good. And this is the other thing that blew my mind about the instructors. They were so excited to be doing this and they were just so yeah. happy we were there. Like, yeah, they were yeah, high fiving so each cool. other and high fiving us. And you know, <laughs> Muhammad, you might know this someday. You know, sometimes you'll go to a new place, and you'll suddenly realize you don't look like everybody else there. Right. So for yeah, me and no, Muhammad, that's will be aware. Well, I was going to say for Adam, that's a problem. He might find himself with ugly people sometimes. But me and you <laughs> will occasionally find ourselves in situations where I was just we're like, say, oh, I we're the it's only cool Indians in America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. yeah and so you just it, it's probably in my head more but you know you, you've sussed things out for the first couple of minutes trying to work out what the deal is but everyone there was just so welcoming and so happy to see us and then you know you talked about being in a ride so we yeah. were supposed to have this like five car supercar thing I think it was six car yeah six car shootout where you sit in different cars you go around the racetrack for a couple of laps and then they're like, right, what we can do is make it five cars and let your mom have a go as well. Because my mom wasn't booked in for anything. Oh, so they let her drive the cool. cars too. And then wow. my friend and my sister, instead of driving the fifth car, they said, hey, can we get a ride in the Aerial Atom? Because normally you have to pay for that as a separate package. So then they got taken out yeah. for that as like a super fast lap. So I've sent you the video of me driving the Audi R8. The other cars were... Um, Man...
2: There was a right, the Dodge Charger,
0: cool. like an American police car. There was the Lotus Evora. <laughs> yeah. Their, Lotus Evora, by the way. you I can take car. an Evora out? Yeah, terrible car. Genuinely. Um, really? <laughs> really? Like, <laughs> don't meet your heroes moment. Um, there was an Asimov. <laughs> oh, Martin I've one. I loved it. Are you serious? There was a the Maserati. Man, you must have gotten unlucky. Yeah, I didn't like the pedals. Um, but the, the Maserati was really, really good. And what I realized driving all those supercars, one, in real life, I should just get a boring luxury car and be comfortable because the way you get to drive <laughs> on these tracks is nothing like the road and the pleasure mm-hmm. of driving these cars is on the track. But secondly, when they took us out on the Atom, the first lap that I did in it, when he was accelerating down the first straight, I suddenly stopped breathing because the G-forces was so much. Wow. And I just kept thinking, like, I've sent you a video of me in the F1000 I got a bit greedy on right. one corner and spun the car. But at no point yeah. at that time in that car did I feel uncomfortable. Was the Atom, yeah. you're going at such speeds. I'm thinking, trying to combine all these things, keeping the car in control, being at all these incredible speeds. Like what we see of race drivers on TV, all of them are heroes. Like it's just what we are capable of versus what they're capable of is a different league. You know, people joke about, oh, you should have a normal person run the hundred yeah. meters in the Olympics. So you can compare how you are to yeah. Usain Bolt. And it suddenly yeah. made me realize how much like Usain Bolt, all these people are versus what I can do.
1: Wow. Wait, so with the, with the F1 car, it would have just been your dad, but because that didn't work out, all of you guys got to notice so for the F1 car. It was time. going to be
0: all of us, okay. but because that didn't happen, Taking they arranged the a part. whole bunch of yeah. different experiences. And actually what the instructor yeah. said is because my dad, struggled to fit into the f1000 car because he wasn't tall enough They said he definitely yeah. wouldn't have been tall enough for the f1 car and oh, then we would have been wow. stuck there wouldn't mean anything we could do so in a weird way wow. i think everything worked out for it the best because better. we had yeah. amazing memories we had a great time with everyone like i keep watching the videos back because i'm like i had so much fun yeah. um, so i would recommend everyone go to drift limits a big thank you to everyone that was there um, i wish i could remember everyone's name but they, they all did an amazing job and had such a good time
2: yeah, so... Okay, two questions uh, I for you, the... man. <laughs> yeah. Were you able to get sideways? Can you drift?
0: Yeah, so uh, as the laps went on, I was managing it. There's two corners I could connect, and then I'd slow down, and there's like a hairpin, and I would do it around the hairpin. And then my problem was, on the other end of the hairpin, there's like a small kink, and as I would try to drift around the kink, I would always just 360 the car.
2: Right. Uh, oh, that's so, pretty so cool, cool that's... man. I I. I can't even drift in grid legends, so you got me beat there. <laughs> it was really fun, it's and I really think hard. the instructors
0: are so good that, you know, they keep explaining it, keep explaining it, that actually how I thought you do it is nothing, because you basically just plant your foot, put loads of power in, you steer one way, and then mm-hmm. you have to let go of the steering wheel, and let the steering wheel correct itself all the way the other way, and then at the right oh, moment, Lord. grab it, okay. and then start correcting, and Wow. You know, for these guys, they're not thinking. They're doing everything by feel. For mm-hmm. me, I'm like, okay, we're at this angle now. I'm going to grab the steering yeah. wheel. And in the time I've thought about it and done it, it's too late. Whereas the guys yeah. that are doing it, it's all on feel only. Um, and I got to do eight laps. That is a very special um, level of mastery. Yeah, I got to do yeah, eight laps. So cool. And I felt I was getting better and better with each lap. But what what the instructors can do is just incredible.
1: Hmm. So did you get to do hot laps? or? or yeah, uh, so we did. Uh, so...
0: 20 laps in the uh,
2: F1000, four yeah. passenger laps. That was laps. you driving Yeah, it.
0: me driving it. Four yeah. passenger laps in the uh, MX-5 drifting, and then eight laps driving the okay. MX-5. It should have been 16. Oh, that's so cool. But we decided to cut it short <laughs> and go straight to the supercar thing. The supercar thing was the American police car, the Maserati, yeah. the Aston Martin, Audi, R8, and the Lotus Evora. And then they should have been packing up. The guys should have gone home, but they gave us some hot laps in the aerial atom. Um, so just yeah. a completely packed day. Like we didn't have lunch. We didn't have time for lunch. Didn't get a drink or anything. But we didn't even notice huh. just because we're having so much fun the whole day.
2: Yeah. It's wild That's that your so whole family fun. is into this. this like, well,
0: they're not. Long. I dragged them along with me. <laughs> All
2: right, fair enough.
1: That's yeah. Like I was cool. thinking like, I, I don't think your mom is real. Like she drives like a minivan. Like it's very family friendly. Yeah. Like, She's going the speed so she limit. The like, I, I can't imagine <laughs> It's so
0: funny. At one point, I'm stood at the hairpin, and I see my dad go around in the Lotus Evora, and he drives off. Yeah. And then two seconds later, my mum shows up in the hairpin in the American police car with the sirens on. And it looks like she's chasing him. And I was like, oh, wow, it looks like dad's in trouble. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, it's so funny that fine. you keep
1: calling the Dodge Char- uh, Charger the American police car, because it's definitely also... Just a normal car. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> no, but think this I it one, it had all.
0: like the paint job of a police car. It had the sirens, oh, the radio, wow. all of that. Oh, really? That's You're wild. Kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you driven an Elise, by the way? I have not driven an Elise.
2: All right, because now I'm trying to figure out like, you know, what should be my next dream if the Evora really isn't cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I would go at least or Exige.
2: We'll see. So, Adam, you we'll drove
1: see. the Evora? What was your experience? Yeah, I've driven uh-huh.
2: an Evora. It was just like... For me, it was just that the power was the most astonishing automatic thing or to manual. me. It felt like being... It was an automatic.
0: Well, this is the thing. So the, my, my disappointment with the Evora was the clutch because I found the clutch okay. heavy and difficult to use. Um, actually, Very to handle and get around the circuit because I went from the Maserati into that, it suddenly felt light, precise. It was just felt so easy, right. apart from the gear change with the big, heavy clutch. But then when I went into the R8, it felt like the Evora, but without any of the little flaws.
1: That's, That's very so funny that you mentioned the heavy clutch, because I don't know what a clutch is.
0: <laughs> it's the type of bag <laughs> you have to carry it around inside the car.
1: Oh, right. So if it's a heavy, then the car still Yeah, still exactly. I, got that. I got
2: that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Huge problem. You lose two tenths.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully one day I get to go back to drift limits and drive a Formula One car. But there's a bit of me that's actually, if I don't, if we just make this like an annual event for my family, like it, it was just incredible. Really, yeah, you've really already won. Stuff.
2: That's beautiful. Yeah.
1: So I live, Arafat, I live about an hour and a half from Watkins Glen mm. and they do that kind of stuff all the they'll time.
0: Have, yeah, they'll have um, random stuff. Yeah, you, oh, yeah, definitely recommend it.
1: So I want you to come visit me, I so we can do
2: something at Watkins. We can all Glen. converge on Wat- Watkins yeah. Glen then. Yeah, that's great. Adam, you're not too that's far. It's a I heritage moment all
0: right
1: there. Do a Watkins Glen day. Oh my god! One crazy.
0: day I'll have a consultant job and I'll have enough money to buy a plane ticket to come see you, and then we can all go yeah. to Watkins Glen. In the
2: meantime, you but buy those uh, buy those cheesy chips with uh, like an Air Miles card or yeah. something.
1: <laughs> Look, there's a new airline. Okay, it's called Nordic. It will fly from London to New York City. Uh, for thirty two dollars American, you can't bring oh. anything with you uh, except the clothes on your back, uh, and there's no safety features. But it'll get you here, so wow. you, could, you could always afford that. Okay, <laughs>
2: what a deal! <laughs> um,
0: but Muhammad, right, how um, was your? Was there
1: anything? Weekend? I know I was just gonna. Say, well, I had a good weekend. Um, I, I, be, I, as I said, became a doctor for the first time. But I, was there anything else that happened this weekend, like in the term of, of the racing
0: world? Um, there were some other races on. I think there was some sort of um, South of France, something. I don't know. Can it
1: speak? <laughs> south of France. So hold on. Okay. Adam asked something really interesting before we recorded, like in our group chat. He was like, if Monaco's out of the Triple Crown, what is replaced as the jewel of motorsport? And I think we should just throw out ideas. Alpha, you go first. Yeah. <clears throat>
2: So, first of all, Arafat agrees. He's he's really anti-Monaco. Yeah. Anti Monaco, Monaco. Which,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to
2: think. And this race was amazing, but it's the exception that proves the rule for sure. So, yes. it's
0: got to be something historic that you can compare old races to current races. Like, you couldn't make it Singapore because, like, Jackie Stewart, Senna, all of them haven't been around there. So, I think you're sure. making it something like Monza, Spa.
2: My position is so I think the the best three circuits are Canada, Japan, and Spa. Although mm. I think that Interlagos has to be in the conversation. Mm. And I don't know. I mean, most recently, I I remember Seb Fettel saying that you know, really Suzuka separates the wheat from the chaff, and that suddenly you know he's in contention again on that circuit because of how challenging it is. Um, and there are just so many, much like Interlagos, I suppose, so many season finales that were memorable there. Yeah. So,
0: Suzuka, as much as I'd I, like I to pick nominate Suzuka over my Interlagos. Homeland, I
2: think Suzuka is probably it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, so I think it should be Miami because, <laughs> first of all, how is there not all the races? <laughs> I understand Mohammed's point here because
0: Monaco is difficult to drive, Suzuka is difficult to drive. But imagine winning at a terrible circuit. The, the exactly. skill required there, there is a completely different ballgame.
1: It's difficult to drive Miami for the wrong reasons, but it's still difficult to drive. And you've got the marina, and you've got the celebrities, and you've got the, the billionaires meeting for their backroom deals. It's That's right. perfect. It's absolutely poised to take over the Triple Crown. It should be Miami Grand Prix, the Indy 500, and um, what's the last one on the list? Le Mans. List? The, Le Mans. Mm-hmm. So instead of Le Mans, it should be the Daytona 24. And then there you go, boom! All American. <laughs> Daytona
2: is like not a crazy nomination. Like I don't, I don't hate Daytona mm-hmm. as an idea for sure. Like it doesn't actually have to be F1. Mm.
1: Yes, thank you, Adam Avatar. But I, I fully... uh, but I think
2: that yeah, <laughs> uh, basically in terms of uh, majority rule, we're, we've already Suzuka's already taken it. Much like uh, Charles Leclerc took our handsomest driver poll that we did offline. In <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> in our, in our we WhatsApp want to hear group. from
1: you guys from our listeners who is your top three I didn't actually vote for Leclerc's number
0: one did I on who game? did I say was number one
2: no you didn't well I added them all up when yeah waiting. you added them all
0: up because we gave them scores
2: my number one was Jensen <clears throat> Button I think it was Muhammad that went hard for Leclerc, but we all had him so it ended up adding up
1: that was an anonymous poll I, I didn't intend for that to be broadcast to all of our listeners
0: I can't even remember I, that.
1: Lewis, okay. Lewis number one always
0: <laughs> no I didn't was I Lewis the only the one who had, no I had Lewis, we all Where's, I, didn't Lewis. I can't even find it now here it is
1: <laughs> I, put, I put Leclerc as number one I didn't put Lewis as number one but but Lewis is on my my top five but I, yeah, I want our here. listeners to come up with a top you can do top three because five is a lot do top three give us your top three most handsome drivers on the grid and Magnussen no not Magnussen Hulkenberg and uh, who else is disqualified for being misogynist I think
2: here, I'll tell you guys just so we can really have it out there. So for me I put Jensen, Charles, Ayrton, Lewis, Graham Hill. Oh, this was of all Graham time has the mustache. Wasn't it? Look him up. Yeah, this is of yeah, all time. Yeah, of all time. And then um I think Muhammad put Yeah, Muhammad put Charles, Carlos, Jensen, Lewis, Kimi. He said old Kimi. I'm a young kimmy fan, so that's very interesting uh division there. And then Arafat did Carlos Charles Lewis Jensen Fernando. Yeah, so I stand by waiting, my
0: choices. I'm right, you're wrong. The
2: the uh <laughs> the slow bro host's top five is Charles Jensen <laughs> Carlos Lewis ireton
0: Incredible.
2: Yeah, that is yes. just a beautiful list.
0: So um uh, speak- We'll come to... We're just going to skip over the news. Uh, so news is whatever. Golf is doing some sort of vote for a Williams livery. Who cares? Um, we'll hardly yeah, see so it It's anyway. got too
2: much orange on it to care. But the, yeah. the, the Honda the Honda Aston is good yes. news.
0: Yes, Honda Aston, good news. Exciting to see what happens for the future of that team. It might accidentally be the team that we all support one day in the future. I th- yeah, I'm, I'm getting all that vibe. We have something
2: that we love about and that. And then
0: so. um, Verstappen talking about Le Mans, but we'll, we'll talk about Verstappen later in the episode. I think what we're going to talk about today is qualifying, um, the race on Sunday, specifically Alonso's decision to pit or not pit, Um, Russell, do we hate him, do we not, and we're going to compare how well teammates are doing through the the scope of how is Stroll doing, and then we'll talk about Max and how he interviewed, and then we'll touch on a few other topics before we finish, including the Indy 500, uh, Fantasy F1. Something about WTF one stealing some idea, and then the Justice League. Why are we talking about the Justice League? Right on. We'll we'll talk about the Justice League at some point. That's on the piece of paper. Yeah,
2: I have to mention that in terms of Max. Fine.
0: All right, let's let's start with Quali. I um, did not watch th- Quali <laughs> because I was at work.
1: Okay. Well, I thought it was one of the best qualifying sessions we've had all year, if not the best qualifying session. Um. First of all, I was very hand, uh, heart, and mouth the whole time. Is that what it is? Oh, oh yeah. Every
2: mouth. section, every whatever you call those cues, whatever they're supposed yeah. to be, every division of qualifying, <laughs> they're they were all amazing. Like when have we been able to say that in the last three years?
1: Seriously, yeah. Q one is usually like you don't really care because like you know the the, the best drivers are going to get through anyway, and it's just about the you know worst five. But Q one, Q two, Q three was all very good, and Lewis. Keeping us on our toes by threatening to get knocked out of every qualifying session. That's
2: totally right. And
1: pulling out a good lap at the end. And you really didn't know who was going to be on pole. Like, I don't who was on pole.
2: Was Yuki what? P2 in Q1? Yes. Like, what? Like, that's how you knew it was going to be awesome.
1: But, but it ended with Esteban on pole position for a second and then P3. Yeah. So it was like. Like, that kind of energy was there throughout the entire quality session. Yes. It was very good. I yeah. I very much enjoyed myself.
2: And if you have, like, a weighting factor for quality of car versus quality of man, like, that was a spiritual pull for
0: Esteban. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of when with the same team in Renault. Was it 2010? Robert Kubica. He, I think he was second place. But everyone was just so impressed. It was as if he'd got pull. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah and again with Verstappen being on pole like it was definitely not guaranteed for him to be on pole and i I know we're hardcore Lewis fans but you got to give respect where respect is due and he really you know made the lap happen when it was time for it to happen like he really found the three tenths. and some people were saying oh they they turned their engines up in the last uh, sector but I don't know much about F1 cars but I don't think you can turn your engine up uh, Two thirds of the way through a lap. So I'm going to go ahead <laughs> <Exactly>. and say <laughs> that, was, that was Max's skill uh, really shining when he knew it was on the line. He was finally being pushed. You know, this is the thing, right? Like if he was being pushed all season, I'm sure we'd have a really great season because the one moment now where he's under threat of not being at the top by Alonzo, by Leclerc, by Esteban Ocon, Esti Besti. Um, he does pull it out, his skill, and you really get to see it. And it's really fun to watch. And uh, thought you really missed out. So um, I think you should be ashamed of yourself.
0: I'll try.
2: Okay. (laughs) Yeah, way to go. I was watching it on my phone at the zoo. What's your excuse again?
0: Uh, Bronking? (laughs) No, I wasn't (laughs) I was breaking bad news on the oncology ward. Okay, all right.
1: That's so sad. Okay, fine. Um, okay,
2: fine. Yeah, if you had like had a leaking speakerphone, and at that moment I wouldn't have been
1: <laughs> good. <laughs> um, but the quality was so good, I almost prepared myself for a horrible Sunday afternoon because I I was like, you know, if if quality is this good, there's no way the race is. Yeah, the race, uh,
0: qualifying at, at Monaco is always it's not good. supposed to almost. Yeah, and the race is always but terrible.
1: then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and yet, and yet we had. Our Sunday race, so I'll start with you, Adam. Give us your, you know, 30-second to one-minute thought, your, your speak pipe, so to speak, on the race.
2: Well, 30-second, am my Lawrence Pareto now? Do I have to mm-hmm. start saying, toy, toy, and have, like, 60 pairs of shoes and a dozen scarves? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was, I don't know, how do I summarize? So basically, you know, starts off with Max on the mediums and Alonso on the hards. Commentators already confused, all of us confused because they thought, surely you have to beat Max into turn one and you're choosing the tires with less grip. Mm. So strategy is already confusing to everyone. And then, you know, this is um, just Max just drives the hell out of those medium tires. It's still uncatchable, opens a huge gap. Um, the race is looking somewhat dreary, except for you have signs talking about trying to undermine Ocon while barreling <laughs> into Ocon by mistake, uh, which is Before amazing. not what? <laughs> it, yeah, it, it kind of it reminds us all that Carlos is a bit of a himbo, but it also kind of just bespeaks the fact that the Ferrari is so fast that if there was a proper DRS zone, he would have just raced by him. So this is probably mm-hmm. going to be a one-off. You're not going to be able to keep an Alpine front on a reasonable circuit. Uh, but yeah super cool a bunch of tussling at the back you know Sergio and Lance trying to to, you know eventually follow through as cars are being lapped and then the real excitement also obviously happens when the low chance of precipitation absolutely does come into play and different teams decide whether or not they're going to go to inters or whether they think it's going to be a minor drizzle and that the gambit should be to, to pick some kind of slick tire um, and that's really just essentially how it plays that we have team errors and we have personal errors. So, you know, there's talk about whether if Alonso had gone to inter- intermediates, could he have beaten Max? There's talk about whether um, if Sainz's team um, had made the proper pit call and uh, gone to try to, to uh, get ahead of Ocon instead of, you know, just uh, cover off Lewis, whether he could have made up more ground uh gasly you know i wasn't paying as much attention to that i will admit but gasly said in the post-race interview that he was very upset because they i think they stopped him for something else i don't remember if it was softs or hards might have been softs um he had like a quiet uh, extra stop Mm -hmm. so uh science thinks he missed out on p3 gasly thinks he missed out on p3 and george thinks he missed out on p3 although george is the only one not to blame his team and says that you know he couldn't see anything and backed himself into Perez after going straight on. So the only one with a mea culpa of that group was Russell. But a lot of people thinking that they were robbed for P3. Yeah. And then, yeah, Monica, and then I guess by contrast, sad. Alonso objecting to people saying he could have won second and said it was never on the yeah. on the table. So that was pretty funny.
0: That's very Alonso though. He's like, I didn't do anything wrong. Like this was just the capability <laughs> of the car. at The end. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but the difference is that I didn't do anything wrong. Was also coupled with, and neither did my team, yeah. which is very unalone. So, yeah. yeah,
0: he's maturing finally at the age of forty-two. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't say, "Oh, I couldn't have done it." But maybe Lance, Lance
0: could have gotten yeah. P two.
2: I love Lance.
0: <laughs> well, should we get straight into it? The Absolutely. teammate situation. We were looking at well, the on. point differences. Before that, I thought yeah.
1: What do you think of the race? I want to ask. I want to find out what you want so to. So I do think?
0: um. Yeah I think it was fine like there was lots of potential things that could have happened and nothing actually happened Um, like somehow Um, you know some people got lucky because of the pit stops like Russell but then like natural justice got him stuck behind Lewis anyway (laughs) Um, I'm trying to work out where my emotions are with Formula 1 because like we're Lewis Hamilton fans and you know Verstappen did a very, very good job and you're trying to separate out the bits of him that you don't like but maybe that's just because he's young and brash and all those things Um, and it's the same with Russell. There's bits of him that we don't like but actually for him to sit there and be like hey, does it make more sense for me to be ahead of Lewis? I won't go more than five seconds so that uh, it just protects me from Leclerc, blah, blah, blah. Like either he's playing mind games with Lewis or he's genuinely thinking about optimizing strategy, but to me it shows that he has the capacity while he's driving to be thinking about all these other things. Um, so it does show skill. I still think there's something about him that comes across. Um, I-, I was going to say Kate Kennedy, but that doesn't mean anything to you. Was it Kate Kennedy? <coughs> it was. There. I don't know what uh, that yeah, that
1: is. that's JFK's daughter. No,
2: say Andrews.
0: I that assume thing. that's like a brand of curse oh, Ka- or something.
1: Kathleen. Kathleen Kennedy runs Star Wars over at Disney.
0: Yeah. Is that so, who you're talking no. about? No, so at the University I went to <laughs> St Andrews there was a club called the Kate Kennedy Club. And it was no. just like all the richest guys and they would all like, you know, wear suits and whatever. Who cares? But um he has that vibe. You know, <laughs> I keep joking that he's the president of the Youth Conservative Society. So it's that vibe that he gives off that's a bit weird. But Anyway, you know, what yeah, I although is, is, this is
2: like a theory that I'm starting to realize is that the, what we hate most is what we see in the mirror. And on our group hmm. chat, Mohammed's always like, oh, I want to skip class and get an energy drink or something like that. And Arafat's <laughs> always telling him off. Yeah. So I've been calling Arafat the school <laughs> prefect recently. So the truth is that he prefect. is George Russell. You were? Uh, yeah. Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> see, so he is George Russell. And that's why he hates him so much is because he reminds
0: him of himself. Maybe. Uh, I I won't fight that one too much. Um,
1: You know what I think it is with George is that it feels like every race he's asking for team orders or he's asking for something to go his way. And you can't hate him for that because as somebody said, somebody said on Twitter, like, um, that's what every single driver wants—is for everything to go their way. None
2: of them are really yeah, going to be that's that right. self-sacrificing. It's just not usually. I mean, the so alternative
0: blatant. is do what Alonso used to do with Jensen, where if something isn't going his way, he just retires the car.
2: <laughs> can you imagine? Oh my god, that would hurt the team so much. Yeah. With Mercedes, like one point off of Aston well, Martin, no, not and the now, constructors, but like,
0: yeah, but well, McLaren weren't making yeah. points anywhere back then. I guess so, it didn't make a difference.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I think that's the reason why some people hate George is that he just comes off as like so hungry and, and like he should be using his energy to fight Red Bull, to fight Ferrari. Well, not enough. Sorry, not fight Red Bull. Fight Aston and fight Ferrari. And yet he's using his energy to fight Lewis, it feels like. Yeah, it is a little um, bit
2: silly. He should be saving that for a year where they have a chance of challenging the championship.
1: Because he's almost yeah. playing
2: his hand, too, because he's now shown in some ways that he's not a team player and it's going to make it more difficult for... Lewis to get his eighth in the, in the era of George, if this is going to be his attitude.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's almost like, you know, a rule will have to, if if next year, the W15 is competitive for a championship, it's almost like Mercedes will have to make a rule. Like, Hey, we're going to back, you know, whoever the top driver is after three rounds, whoever has the most points, like something like that. Like not three
0: rounds, three rounds is nothing. It'll be right towards the end. Especially now. Yeah. It'll be like two thirds the way.
2: Hmm. And if yeah, they're both in a mathematical
0: then, contention, because... because what they did with Rosberg is not so much we're backing this person, we're not backing this person. They had rules of engagement. So it was like, if you are here, you get preference on who pits first. If you are in this yeah. position at this time, you get preference on tire strategy, whatever, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So they're going to have to make just make more define the rules because i'm, I'm sure yeah. they had those rules with the, in the valtry era it's just that they probably never had to use
2: them um yeah because the the truth is now if we get to a, a place where they're competitive or let's say three or four teams are competitive they're the mm-hmm. only team where there isn't a clear number one number driver one. in terms of yeah. talent never mind what they want to say mm-hmm. yeah uh, which kind of brings okay. us to our next point which is,
0: uh, so <laughs> Stroll. Strolling. Whenever really
2: there, the there was a, there. a
1: clear number one driver, so, it's Aston Martin. Well, right
0: well, <laughs> welcome to this section of the show, which will be a regular this season, <laughs> which we're going to call Strolling Along. Um, <laughs> my feeling on the Stroll. I don't actually have a problem yeah. with him. I think he had a decent enough career in F3, F2. Um, he's in F1 now, and he's, he's had podiums. He's done uh, He's done a good job. I think he deserves his place in Formula One, right? But he's being yeah, sure. made to look terrible by Alonso right now.
2: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, he he deserves a place out of the water. Uh, at least in F two.
1: Okay, hold on. <laughs> Let me. If if he was in the midfield, like not at Aston Martin, let's say he was at Alpine or McLaren uh-huh. or something, how would you rate Stroll in comparison to you know your Pierre Gasly's and your Esteban Ocans and your Lando Norris's, etc.
2: Yeah, I don't know anymore. I mean, that's yeah. the thing, right? Like we saw when he was at Racing Point, like he got a pole in what was it, Hungary? Yeah, um, Tur- is Turkey, occasionally capable of of strong results with, I don't know, when when measured against someone like Sergio or Esteban, uh, but not consistently either. And now I kind of wonder, you know, whether or not there's a contribution from his wrist injury because he wasn't he wasn't nowhere with with um Vettel, Seb Vettel at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was that just Vettel and the so much? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the tough part. Yeah. That's, that's what's really there's, hard. There's to lots say, of other was factors. also schooled by.
0: So is it just Alonso's that much better? Is it something inherent about this car? Because, you know, sometimes certain types of formula, they just suit a driver more than another. Like the blown diffuser era, that just worked for Vettel. But then The next era of cars just spinning around the place because you just didn't have the rear grip you wanted. Imagine there's a yeah. driver out there, Nick DeVries, for example, who, if the car was a certain way, could have been the best driver in the world, but it just doesn't quite match with him. And now, having sat and driven yeah. a whole bunch of different cars, I totally understand that. But, um, and the other thing with Stroll is well maybe not so much Stroll but you know I'm thinking about De Vries and Esteban Ocon and things you know Mm -hmm. there's there's people who just because they're not perfect because they're not Verstappen, they're not Hamilton, they're not Alonso does that mean they're bad, they need to be binned because you look at someone like Ocon and I don't think it's a he was always underrated or something I think it's with time he is developing and getting better and better and better and Mm -hmm. I think Lance Stroll has probably with time gotten better and better and better and there's a lot of drivers out there who are not afforded that luxury because if you're not performing straight away you're binned you know imagine what yuki could do if he had a 10-year contract imagine what nick devries mm-hmm. could do if he had a 10-year contract yeah but um it's it's that comparison is stroll bad or is Alonso just amazing
1: but then counterpoint if you're going to be in a top team, you need to be the type of driver that can drive across different eras and different formulas. Like, mm-hmm. you look at sure. the other—I mean, Perez was very good as a midfield driver. Everybody wanted him in the Red Bull. Last year, he was probably the eighth-worst driver of the—or the, to- the sixth-worst driver, I mean, of the top three teams. Um, and 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 he was a very good midfield driver. Stroll was like an okay— Midfield driver. Every good midfield driver can sneak a pole away. They can sneak a win away. You know, Esteban did it. Pierre did it. Yeah. Um. So I, I my counterpoint is that if he's gonna be in a top team at Aston Martin, uh, he needs to have the skill to drive across. He needs to be like how Lewis. Like for, forget Lewis. Alonso won the twenty four hour of Le Mans twice. Uh, and he's won World Endurance Championship and he's won f1 in different eras uh, well not in different eras but he's he's won races on, in different eras in different cars different teams um so you need to have that kind of skill set if you're going to be in a top team so i think really this is like a conversation but then for who, Yaddy, like let's Lawrence. say
0: you decide to bin stroll i think who, who, who do spot? you replace him with because you know you're saying you need to be the kind of driver that can do this and this and this and this yeah but to me that is your Vettel, your Alonso, your Hamilton, your Verstappen. I don't think that's a skill set that even all 20 drivers on the F1 grid have. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: But even, I mean, you look at the other, like Carlos and Charles are pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, like if if you want to, if you can argue that Charles Leclerc is the number one driver at Ferrari, but then Carlos isn't a slouch
2: necessarily. Yeah. on the Not at all. He yeah, even they're topped they're just, him sort of second half of the season last year in some ways.
0: So yeah. I know I've not quoted anything from it this year. But now I'm going to play the other side. Joe Sayward has said he <laughs> thinks this is the strongest field that F1 has ever had, um, apart from Stroll. He well, said I've if Stroll, because he well. said now that Stroll, last year he was talking about it, he was like, now that latifia is gone, it's just Stroll. And if Stroll goes, then he was like, you'll have 20 of literally the best drivers in the world.
1: Adam, if yeah. you are in charge of multiple teams... Let, let, let's say you're in charge of Aston Martin and you've been given the go ahead by Daddy Stroll to get rid of Baby Stroll who you replace him with
2: oh if I have to make a replacement jeez man I think it's I mean, more likely fantasy, that Daddy Stroll is going to sell to Honda back.
0: and then Adam can answer this question because I think Daddy Stroll will sell to Honda the team will become Honda yeah. and Honda will decide what co- drivers they have so Adam is a yeah, Honda so fan I, you I, in the car.
2: I agree with anymore. that because I don't think that if Lance is there, Daddy's heart is in it anymore. And there well, was already like an article today about him selling, so, however many shares. I mean, he's got clearly, you know, that's a business move more than it is. But it's so else.
0: profitable now. From when he bought the team for like six hundred yeah, million or whatever, to him. now it's I like mean, two billion. Worth. It's a huge business Absolutely. deal. He should sell. If he's it's thinking about it clearly as a business, entrepreneurial
2: move by Canadian since BlackBerry. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we got, man. I've got a ride on it. But I hear you. So I mean, like in the short term, when when, uh, you know, if it's if it's immediate and Lawrence is there, I think we can both agree that the fantasy is to see how Fettel would do in a good car. That would be really hard not to see. I also kind of feel bad for Stoffel and think he deserves another chance, you know, while we're fielding people quickly. But yeah, down the line when I'm driving my fantasy, uh, you know, when I have my Honda Works team or ideally (laughs) in my world, my Lotus Honda Works team. Um, It becomes a difficult question and I think about it a lot, to be clear. So, you know, I, you know, obviously there have been a lot of questions since the engine deal about, does this mean Yuki goes to uh, Aston Martin instead of Red Bull? Because, you know, whatever, Franz Tost says he's ready. So, um, you know, or will be soon. but uh, yeah I guess my issue is especially after seeing Yuki muck about in the wet like I was so excited after his P2 and Q1 but when I saw him not only do poorly and get bested by Neek in this most recent race but also whine and swear about it Hmm. like I'm just worried that he doesn't have the temperament like that was one of the biggest weaknesses of Fettel as well right is when things were going well he was good but otherwise he would have literally just have a tantrum Hmm. and I just I don't find that temperament acceptable so like you got you have me on the spot a little bit because like i don't i also thought ayumu was going to be doing better than he is in f2 and he's already now somewhere like p3 in the standings and he sort of has that nick devries syndrome of you know you eventually might win f2 once everybody good is gone yeah uh, although i think nick is such a wonderful man and i hope that he improves because okay. he's such a sweetheart it would be so cool to see an all dutch our red bull lineup or something but, uh, well, yeah, to, to answer the question, I don't know. I guess Juju Noda could be old enough by then. Let's go straight for a girl. Oh,
1: my God. Imagine if we skip killing over Jamie Tadman. Imagine we skip over well, Jamie Jamie Chadwick. should we get put Juju Noda. I'm
2: there. on record as saying Jamie should get Logan's seat. Logan is, mm. first of all, needs to be given a proper rookie's year. So we need to stop mm. with this showing people the yellow card and the red card like Helmet Marco's been doing. Why did that doesn't um, help anybody.
0: At one point, I'd, I. Missed it and I didn't catch why, but it looked like Logan Sargent just like drove into the wall at the hairpin by himself.
2: Yeah, and you know what? The, the James Vowles got on the on the radio with his those oaky, honey stained pipes, and he was like, uh, You know, Logan, that was your first time on intermediates. He did a great job. You're still a rookie. Like it was beautiful. That's that's leadership right there. You don't go, oh, we're going to show him the red flag He's out of the team and Helmut Mako. <laughs> like, get out of here, man. Like, don't traumatize this guy more than he needs to be already on his rookie season. <laughs> I mean, I am you know, obviously a Red Bull fan, but I don't buy the whole ticket and I think Helmut's unbearable.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
2: Um and I just like, yeah, I don't accept that at all. Uh by the way, my, my pinch answer in lieu of something better, I'm gonna say uh I would scoop um Alex Albon, he's still oh, at Red yeah. Bull Academy. Oh, very I'll, good. I'll take him. I'll take him out of the meat grinder and give him the Aston seat because yeah. that dude was not given the luxury of a proper rookie season either, yeah. and really deserves a chance to show his considerable chops. I was going to say Lando nice Norris answer.
0: because I think McLaren is continuing to decline, but
2: um, oh, Lando is like a great bet. And he, and Helmut said they tried to get him yeah. and he signed for five years to McLaren. So, I mean, the problem is I don't think. That you know, Helmut forgives and forgets, just like he'll probably mm-hmm. never let Ricardo actually get in a proper seat again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But why don't we just say Honda, Aston Martin is is Lando and, and Albon? Yeah, that would be That's a great. great. Lineup. And of course, they will eventually insist on having some great Japanese driver, but I don't think we have a great one yet, so I think they'll be okay for now.
1: I actually think they're gonna throw Yuki in there. I think if Lawrence Roll sells to Honda. I actually still think they'll keep the Aston Martin name on there because it's so valuable now. But I don't know. Let's, let's say they become a Honda Works team. I think they need a Japanese driver, and I think they throw Yuki in there at least for a year. The fact that Yuki is still in F1, basically he was only afforded a good rookie season because Honda was like, he has at least one year. Like, you can't you can't bin him after the first year. So, like, even he was surprised yeah. he got the second year. So, I think he's going to yeah. get a Yeah, I but... mean, what
2: we think they're going to do versus what we want are different. I completely yeah. agree with you. I would just... Yeah. I just don't, yeah. I just don't think he's that good. Which I is, think it doesn't bring great, me any joy to say so. Uh, I think Yuki's kind of kind of endearing, but yeah. he doesn't have the temperament yet. Yeah,
1: but I, I agree. Maybe Yuki yeah, I plus
2: I, SSRIs. I don't know. <laughs> I,
1: think, <laughs> I think Albon would be a great uh, option to, to partner. Even Alonso, and I think I don't know. I think with the way Al- Alonso is driving now, there's no reason why he doesn't stay until 2026. So um, Alonso will be there in
0: 2090.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of Alonzo, there's one thing I got to bring up about this guy before we move on to uh, the other topics that we have. So uh, Andrew Benson, my favorite person in the F1 world after Lewis Hamilton ever, uh, put out a really nice article where he broke down what my brain already established uh, watching the race, which is that had Aston Martin put alonzo on intermediates he would have won that race and i'm very surprised in a race where they were waiting for rain the whole time and alonzo kept asking why haven't we pit yet and they kept saying oh we're waiting for the rain why when the rain finally came they were like <clears throat> never mind i don't care about the rain anymore i put you on mediums it was as bad a decision as lando not pitting in russia in my opinion it was it mm. was it was horrible. If that had if Mercedes yeah. had done that, you would see, you know, all of Lewis Hamilton Twitter, Team LH going for a total wolf's head. Like they would be yeah. like, you know, pitchforks, angry pitchforks. So I feel like that same energy needs to be expended because this was a horrible, horrible decision uh, yeah. by my crack.
2: And this is the other sad thing, right? Is that we have this situation where the chances to nail Red Bull are so few and far between that your strategy has to be perfect, and unfortunately, Red Bull is also perfect at that. Yeah. So it's like when do you get in there? You need to no, have them actually, take each other out or something.
1: I actually think this week that they called, they pulled the trigger on Max too late. I know when you're leading you yeah, can't take true. risks, but Max was literally in the car shouting, Enters, enters, we need enters because Red Bull waited one lap too long and put themselves at risk. It was actually, I think, a strategic mm. mistake in this. Could case. be resting
2: on their laurels here, right? And and uh-huh. still, the other teams blew it. Ferrari blew it. Aston Martin blew it. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I'd argue Mercedes didn't blow blow it. I think yeah, they, they didn't they,
2: blow it. other did McLaren, who was the yeah. fastest towards the end of the race, which is super cool. And another,
0: I can't get over yeah. how the McLaren car you sent Lando me that picture. Awesome. It literally looks like a cigarette with the orange bit, the white bit, <laughs> and then the embers at the front.
1: I know that really ruined it for me too. I, I like I like the car until you. They're sponsored the car by on. BAT like, me... British
0: American Tobacco, so it makes sense. Wow. It's all just like subliminal advertising.
1: <laughs> that I sucks. was like a. let's wait to see it on track and then it was horrible on track oh man also i know we said we're going to skip over williams and gulf but what is the what is this williams you are copying the best one-off livery from last year it looks so much like yeah, but that's because it's a
0: classic gulf livery they took the sponsor so they're taking the sponsor's livery
1: oh did they take the sponsor oh, yeah so they okay. have that golf makes sense. Uh, I thought yeah, they, they, were they just did. doing this no oh, no no, no. Okay.
2: so they yeah it's too bad golf that golf. there are these companies with such good liveries because i want them to bring back like the camel livery as well <laughs> the yellow oh yeah but but who wants camel cigarettes absolutely nobody yeah. so they'd have to find a way to mission winnow that thing or something
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly i think that's what's going on with the cigarette mclaren it's like their mission winnow equivalent
2: yeah it sucks
1: <laughs> opposite, because it actually made me not want to smoke more, because it was so ugly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Um, Adam, you want to talk about Max being modest?
2: Yeah, I I thought it was kind of interesting. So Tom Clarkson, in the post-race interview, he, you know, likes to bring up numbers a lot, and he's just like, you know, you've now equaled or, you know, exceeded Seb's all-time win rate, and things like that. And, you know, rather than Max saying, yes, I'm the greatest, or even almost acknowledging it all, at all positively. He said, well, you know, there are more races on the calendar than ever, and it's easy to win when you have a good car. It's like a very, it's a massively humble thing to say. Yeah.
0: And I, I also um, find it and interesting. I don't
2: think every driver would have necessarily done no, that.
0: I also find it interesting when he was talking, I was at Naomi Schiff about the future. He's like, you know, if my heart's not there in it anymore, it's not the easiest thing to do um, when, like, not not win, but just take part in Formula 1. Be away from home for so long. Be away from family, traveling. And there's getting more and yeah. more races. And he said, you know, I want to do other things. I want to do Le Mans. I, want, I love watching the GT racing. I want to do these things in my 30s, not wait to my 40s and 50s. And
2: yeah. He even tried to end the interview so that he could see the Indy 500 yeah. start.
0: <laughs> and I, I, I think, you know, we were like really irritated with Max in 2021. Mm -hmm. I think it's that thing of winning the championship has mellowed him. We talked about this with Vettel, like Vettel first half of his career versus Vettel second half of the career, two separate people almost. And I wonder if Verstappen is going through this period of maturity now, I hope, because you you want to see people grow and flourish. But um, yeah, so I hope hope this is, you know, the way, because... Vettel was the villain of Formula 1 for a long time, and then he became one of the heroes, yeah. uh, and it, it would be nice for other people to have that arc too. I
2: think, yeah, I think um, you'll see that. I think we're, we're already seeing that with Max, and he's not probably not going to have that biphasic quality that we had with um, Fettel, because Fettel became obsessed again with the idea of winning in Ferrari because it was, like I don't know, whatever, the childhood dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max doesn't have that preoccupation, I don't think. He's not going to say, oh, I need to transfer it to whatever and win again. Yeah. I think he's happy enough. It's just kind of a matter of if his dad is happy enough, yeah. who unfortunately pulls mm-hmm. so many of those strings. Well,
1: he- here's my question then. Um, because with Lewis, we knew initially his big goal was was four, right? You wanted Three. to three right to be to, to, to match Senna <laughs> yeah uh, that was his big goal was three and um yeah as we said with Seb he really wanted to win at Ferrari Lewis I don't think has ever really cared about winning at Ferrari. so with Max what is his big motivation because I think for a long time it was be a world
2: champion yeah. that was his. yeah I completely agree and now he's a two-time he had to do one better than daddy and I don't know what else <laughs> yeah he's about to be want. a
0: three-time world champion potentially four next year as well um and I think he's kind of, I don't have anything else to prove. I can show you I'm the best. And now he wants to just go and enjoy. If he wants to go and win Le Mans for, for himself, go do that. And he talked about, you know, the future. He'd like to own a team in endurance racing, like Verstappen mm, racing cool. and Le Mans or whatever. So, and you know, yeah. when he does a virtual racing, he does virtual Le Mans and things like that. So I think it's interesting that a guy in Formula One spends so much time talking about endurance racing. I. I see that's where he's going to go uh, when he's done with Formula 1. And it might be sooner than people expect.
1: Yeah, I think so. Because he's already in
2: the Mm -hmm. the greatest of all time conversation. Like I was Mm -hmm. thinking about the Justice League recently because the the Dutch fans call him Super Max. And I've realized that Max is essentially Superman. You know, like we have these people where like, oh, you know, George is the Flash, he's Mr. Saturday. That's a great quality lap (laughs) where like Lando's Aquaman, like suddenly he's really good in the rain, or Lance's or whatever you want to say. Oh, Sergio's the yeah, right. (laughs) Well, ostensibly, and then you see these things. Yeah, you see Lance this weekend. Uh, And then, oh, Sergio's the tire whisperer. I don't even know who that would be. Maybe Batman or something. But the point is that they have to find these charitable things to say about these different drivers and their skills. But the truth is Max is better than everyone at all of it. Except (laughs) for the the conversation.
0: Yeah, I I would say.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah, the problem now is going to be the offset. I'd include Alonso there there as well. I'd say
0: Lewis, Alonso, Hmm. Max are at a different level. You can't compare them to the rest of the field yeah
1: yeah you know what you're saying adam i i agree because if you think about like you know who's the best over one lap speed who's the best at preserving their tires who's their best at, you know etc cetera, etc cetera. um it's all max yeah, well and lewis but i was gonna say that they are like nine out of ten nine point five out of ten in each of those yeah. categories you
0: know i would say but,
2: um even Charles can get a pole, but he's also yeah. can crash. Like, right now, Max is finishing the
0: races 20 seconds ahead of anyone else. Um yeah. Whereas in 2021, it was Max and Lewis are finishing like 30 seconds yeah. ahead of everyone else. So those exactly. two, they pushed each other and they're on a different level to the rest of the field. And I, I yeah. suspect if you had put Alonso into a Red Bull or a Mercedes in 2021, he would have been right yeah. in there too.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, I completely agree. And then my question, you know, that I've been trying to pose to you guys in the chat is, you know, whether Ocon deserves that mention as well. Like, if Lewis wins, gets his eighth, retires, Ocon takes that spot. Yeah. He was actually a Mercedes guy. Yeah. You know, Toto still likes him. Would be as would he be as good as George? I suspect the answer is yes.
0: Yeah, but I think Ocon is doing the Jensen Button route in the sense of like Verstappen, Vettel, Alonso. You know, these people came in and they were superstars from day one. Whereas Mm -hmm. I think Jensen Button ended his career with superstar status. Like I know he had those rubbish years in um, McLaren when they weren't doing very well. But he he got better and better and better each year. And I think that's what Mm -hmm. Ocon is doing. Ocon is getting better and better and better each year. Um, And he's not quite hit his ceiling yet. So who knows where that is.
1: So quick yeah, question. you're probably
2: right, but it's so hard to tell with these regulations. Like, I don't think you—it's almost no way to demonstrate that you're an expert anymore. And maybe, maybe only Lando outdrives his car these days.
1: So, so quick question to you guys: Is Ocon blowing Pierre Gasly out the water, or is Gasly out driving the car the way he did uh, a couple seasons ago? So, I have
0: a friend who actually works at Alpine, and he said, "Don't judge Gasly until the August break." Um because it takes that long to get used to things and get used to the car and get used yeah, to what's going that's on. that's my position. So I would say um, if Gasly had come in and just wiped Ocon away, it would have been bad for Ocon. But Gasly being beat a little bit by Ocon this year isn't a big deal for him because they're pretty close in terms of points. They're right next to each other in terms of the driver standings. Um Ocon has 21 points and Gasly has 14. It's not a big difference. So yeah. I think they're both doing a good job. They're both getting good points for Alpine. Um, and next year will be the real question, I think, once once Gasly's had a chance to get used to it.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we have a couple mm-hmm. other things we want to talk about, but we are also running out of time, so we will blow through these. <laughs> Indy 500... You can always do some editing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, Indy 500, Adam, tell us how Indy... 500 replicated Abu Dhabi 2021.
0: Oh, well, I, I he's you're gonna make me do it. the last few guy. laps. I watched the last few laps. And I kept being like, because I was in bed, I think. And I was just like, go on, like, start. Why am I just staring at the safety car? And I was like, oh, they're starting. And I was like, oh, no, this is a replay. Oh, they're starting. Oh, this is a replay. And I was like, why is everyone crashing constantly? Um, and <laughs> yeah. there's a bit of me that wished I'd watched the whole thing because it looked very entertaining.
2: Oh, it was awesome! Yeah, I'm, I'm. I should have written myself a little script, but I'll do my best. So <clears throat> there were, I think, three red flags towards the end of the race, and perhaps one much earlier in the race for crashes. Um, really, just like super interesting. So I watched the whole weekend, and so initially qualifying wise, um, we had um, we had Alex Pelot on pole. Uh, Re- um, v- what, how do you say his name? Renus VK from yeah, Netherlands okay. on second yeah. and then Felix Rosenquist third. And it was just kind of like, it was kind of insane how it went. So essentially, Renus Vike crashes in, in the pits into Alex Pillow. They can, yeah. you see it not infrequently there where they do these burnouts trying to get out of the pits and then they get squirrely. Alex Lake did it on her mm-hmm. own and crashed on to nothing. And uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. he did into, so, you know, essentially second into first leaving Felix Rosenquist with an opportunity. Um and uh I can't remember, I think he got nailed as well. So essentially all three of the main guys uh were out. Um and so suddenly you had Pato Award, who's a good racer from Mexico and kind of like Zach Brown's favorite. Zach Brown was there. I have now I know why he looks so haggard. He's like at every race <laughs> for all of McLaren somehow.
0: Um, and smoking the cigarettes racing games he's giving him.
2: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's right. I guess to give you superpowers, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, and racing against, um, Marcus Erickson, who's obviously the defending champion. Um, and so this is kind of like where the initial, if you're a Red Bull fan, hints of, you know, Abu Dhabi karma come in. So Pato Award is trying to pass Marcus Erickson on the apron and he doesn't give him any room to do so, like the corner of cops at Silverstone. And he crashes ruinously, um, and, uh, and spins out and, uh, so even collect somebody else. Although it was a really weird situation where the other person—I uh, can't remember who they were—some also ran, didn't have their brakes anymore, and so it just sort of careened into the back of him. Okay. Anyway, t- tires all over the place, all race, just like constant crashes. And so a lot of these crashes, not Renus, uh thats a lot earlier—but a lot of those crashes are happening with only a few laps to go. So r- the red flag is something like ugh, twelve laps, then eight laps, then one lap. Just totally wild. So wow. at the end of the race, you basically have Marcus Ericsson leading. Uh, they could have driven that home, right? They could have given him the safety car. Victory, yeah, there's two
0: laps left. Uh, but they decided one lap.
2: Unlike in F1, that there, yeah, there could have been perhaps three if they'd stopped. Like it's the same kind of question from Abu Dhabi's, like if they had turned it over fast enough or red flagged it immediately. Yeah. You know, that kind of situation. My my the thing that, that smacks of the same to for me in my position is we had this procession go when they knew it was either gonna to take too long to clear the car or they mm-hmm. should have just stopped it. Like the people swifter decisions need to be made, but the difference is in Indy, there is a codified rule that says every effort will be made would be will be made to finish under green flag whenever possible. So it's not discretionary, it's not for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Well, you could argue it maybe it is for entertainment, but at least it's codified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is at the end of the race, you have Marcus Erickson, you know, wonderful, you know, beloved, you know, midfield runner from Formula One, arguably mm-hmm. never got his chance in a front running car, mm-hmm. coming for the repeat win. And right behind him is Joseph Newgarden, who is a two-time Indy champ, but has never won the Indy 500 before. Mm-hmm. And so he drafts him, takes the place. And with essentially, you know, a la- one lap and a half of running yeah. too, I suppose, you there's no chance to overtake again, which is you know essentially really quite redolent of Abu Dhabi's ending where well, Max does the Here's draft my question though.
1: And... In Abu Dhabi there's not sort not really of... much
2: of a chance for a battle.
1: Yeah, here's my question. In Abu Dhabi there's a little bit of like issue with lap, unlapping some cars and not other yeah. cars. So why was Ericsson not like why did he not have the opportunity to defend himself?
0: There just wasn't time. Well, Cuz I, I, I don't think you had things So, the the guy in second place. Overtook yeah. him, and I think they had two corners left until the end of the race.
1: Oh, yeah,
2: it was just a bummer. Like, it was too little racing, and you know, wow. happens, if they literally had one you know, racing lap, rules, it's an it's oval. Sensible, there's four wow. Corners. Wow. I wish they had,
1: yeah. there's no standing they, they start, definitely,
2: right? No. Yeah, because it's it, like an it's, F1 it's all rolling starts at F yeah. at, uh, in D500. Yeah. But the thing is, yeah, they didn't, uh, they should have red flagged it faster so that there were a couple of you know, possible that's.
1: Definitely disappointing. Um, that you know, this kind of stuff reeks into other. Uh, I think sporting series.
0: I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I well, now understand. Again, you, you know, know neutrals I... watching Abu Dhabi, because yeah. I turned on. There was four laps left when I started watching. I didn't care who won, yeah. and I was just like, "This is entertaining." And I wanted for Ericsson. And I was like, "Oh, I hope you win." But then the fact that he didn't, I was like, "Okay, I'm going to bed now." Bye. <laughs> I wasn't. I yeah. Wasn't whereas
2: I think I. Yeah, I kind of like F1 alumni, but he hasn't been very good, you know, but he when he won F when the Indy 500 last, he got double points for doing it, which is a role that was scrapped after that year yeah. and and uh, arguably scrapped because of him because he yeah. led the championship despite being mediocre for the rest of the yeah. year. So <laughs> yeah. you would say overall from his performance, he doesn't really deserve it and maybe it's finally time Joseph got it. So that was cool. Mm. But you know, the, the the sadder part is, I mean, also, you know, the karmically, I think, for forcing Pato off. Pato gave a really salty post-race interview where he literally said, like, I won't, I won't soon forget this mm-hmm. because he was forced off dangerously, quite dangerously, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that you could argue that's karmic. Yeah. Um, but the sadder part, yeah, is definitely, you know, the carnage generally that none of the top three qualifiers had any chance. Mm. Uh, and Palo was still in it, I think. And it was fifth on the restart, so I was kind of hopeful he would do something heroic and get what he actually deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, super entertaining, and of course, you know, it, as you say, it's fun as a fan to watch, mm-hmm. and people dug up Ericsson's tweets, because yeah. he's obviously <laughs> crying foul now, and they found his twa- tweet saying, you know, that's the way it is in Formula One, it can be so unpredictable, <laughs> congrats, Max. Yeah. um and so yeah i gotta stick with it man i'm sorry we got so personal (laughs) then
1: we'll just finish our episode with predicting what happens in spain because we had a couple other things to talk about but before we do i will just quickly mention that the best thing to come out of indy 500 is the video of adam driver waving uh the green flag which i thought was enthusiastically which people put side by side with Tom Holland waving the checkered flag in F1 yeah. also enthusiastically and I thought that was really cool to see beautiful uh, day, beautiful real day for flag redemption exactly after the Tim Apple disaster class uh, in Miami or Austin last year I mean uh, but with that real quick <sighs> that we'll start brutal. with Arafat who do you see on the podium in Spain
0: So, um, I think the real question is by how many seconds will Verstappen win and I'm going to say 30 <laughs> Okay. P two will do. Okay, like that. Perez. Okay. And P three, I'm going risky here. Alonso.
2: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. Gosh, yeah. it's hard to disagree with that at all. I mean, what I've heard is that there's quote unquote big upgrades coming for Ferrari, small yeah. upgrades coming for Aston and uh, and Red Bull. Mercedes uh, gets to see I'm the real say, upgrades. Yeah, I'll say a 12 second victory we're we're at a proper track for after just like an, a ceaseless cavalcade of, of <laughs> middling street tracks yeah uh, finally yeah, exactly. getting to the because good it's a part proper of the track
0: season. it's a card of like circuit i think verstappen's going to like murder everyone he's going to lap perez <laughs> in second place
2: yeah i'm yeah. going to go just for for decoration then for fun i'm going to say this is going to be uh max George Fernando
0: hmm.
2: I think the that the uh, Merck upgrade on a proper track is going to prove to be a good one
1: very nice I think um, we're gonna see Max win by 20 seconds uh, I think Sergio will spin out and crash somewhere trying to win this championship we'll do another sad Sergio diary have him back on the on the, on the show yeah so p2 I think will be Alonso. and P3 I think will be Lewis. And I think we will see the Mercedes upgrades be working and be either faster than Aston Martin um, or, you know, right there with Aston Martin. And hopefully a much closer battle for P2, although it is pretty close right now. Mercedes only one point off. Everybody, yeah. thank Strong's you so much for joining us. Any <laughs> Thank you, Adam, uh, for joining us. Thank you, Sergio Perez, for joining us earlier today. Thank you, Arafat, for um, telling us all about drift limits and making us all jealous. Uh, we will see you guys next week after Barcelona. This has been so fits Up. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm so tired. This has been a production for Not That Good Media.